Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. I'm ready to go for yet another Sunday morning bringing you the Word of the Lord. It is so living, so powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It is life to those that find it and health to all their flesh. It is an amazing thing to have this book. Excuse me, I always call this the workshop manual for man. I call it the creation manual for man. It's our conduct manual for man. And if we abide by the word of God, if you abide in me, John 10, 10 of my words abide in you, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You will live the abundant life. That's John 8, 32 and John 10, 10. And uh, if, you, if you look at that, that's, it's just an amazing thing. I am so inspired with the word of God this week that uh, I quite frankly don't have words. It is amazing. You study it for years, and I really do. And I, I think, wow, is, is there anything else? And this week, I was very humble to find out really how very little I actually know. And I understood from that that there is uh, in one lifetime of any, any man, any woman, not enough time for the Word of God. And uh, even if we spend all our life in the Word, there's still so much to learn So many verses we skip over, we don't quite understand. But now, we are um, here past the time called the Passover, the Feast of the Passover. And uh, here, during the Feast of the Passover, we have, have, of course, the uh, deceptive thing again called Easter. And Easter really comes from... uh, a goddess, uh, which is a pagan goddess. And uh, she is, uh, it's uh, Iostre, which from that we get the word Easter. And she's the goddess of fertility. Now, I've looked at uh, numerous good sources. I mean, these are professors writing on the subject, where this all comes from. It boils down to paganism. The word Easter is when a few centuries after Jesus left, uh, they started accepting pagan festivals as part of what Christians were doing. So consequently, they started talking about the Easter time instead of the Passover time when Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead. So again, just like Bugs Bunny, fake, you have the Easter egg, fake, you have the Easter bunny, fake, you have uh, this paganism goddess, uh, the goddess of fertility, hence the Easter bunny that lays eggs, started out in the gardens. They would hide little decorated eggs in the gardens, and the people of Europe, and they do it to this day. They go look for the little little eggs, and of course, that fertility is why all these eggs, the goddess of fertility, and so that is straight paganism. I don't even use the word Easter because it is pagan. Paul says these things are not even to be mentioned among you. So I'm teaching you a little principle here. It is Passover. We have just seen the commemoration of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to spend a great day together 
on these things. And uh, I want to say that the Lord came with a purpose. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had this, this theme of stop that man. Well, here we are. And uh, it's a week after the Resurrection Sunday. And, of course, the devil all the time, right from the beginning, when he heard the words in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter number 3, verse 15, when he speaks to Adam and Eve, and he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between you, the woman and you and her seed. He will bruise your head and you will, you will bruise his heel, or he will, or he will bruise your heel and you will bruise his head. Or I've just got to get that thing right there. But Genesis 3, 15. And so as it is... Um, we find that the devil's always on the alert. So there's a presentation of a false goddess. Eostres, it's, it's a strange pronunciation in, in uh, the Greek because it seems to be a Greek word. And then it comes all the way straight out of Babylon, the source of witchcraft, divination, and the sorcery of the earth. Just a very bad place to go to. And so... Um, you know, it's, it's under severe judgment, even in the book of Revelation, just goes on with the judgment of it. So then the Lord Jesus came and immediately, you must understand this, that um, when he came into the world, you know, um, I'm thinking of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. He who knew him, he um, made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that uh, he might, we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, of course, through faith. And then, of course, there it says, inasmuch then, Hebrews 2.14, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he likewise partook of the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power over death, which is the devil. Destroy him. And we know that he stripped him in the book of Colossians, he spoiled the principalities and powers. That means literally in the Greek to strip off any form of weaponry, made him, uh, bringing him to a naught really. And so now the devil's got to find other gaps to try and get into the lives of people. And he finds paganism as a good thing. Hence all the uh, red cloaked Father Christmases running around instead of Jesus and coming down the chimney, but, you know, never gets black because of the chimney suit uh, or whatever you call that. And uh, uh, the root, as we call it, the root in Afrikaans language, uh, it never gets, of course, it's just all the time. And now you get every shop, they just got Father Christmases and they've got an Xmas. And uh, some people say, no, that's from the, uh, from the, the Greek alphabet. And uh, yes, there's a letter that looks like that in the Hebrew alphabet, but it is there by people who reject Christ. It's Antichrist, you see. And um, so it's not Xmas. This is Christmas. It's the time of Christ the Lord and, of course, the resurrection. And, of course, I have a little verse here. I got Bibles also on my cell phone. I got them everywhere around me. And now it says here, but now, 1 Corinthians 15, 20, Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So he's the first fruits from the dead. And of course, then the second and the third and the fourth and all the people that are the saints in the light, they uh, are all uh, following in that trail of following Jesus to paradise, the third heaven, and ultimately to inherit the city of gold, joint heirs with Christ, Romans chapter number eight. And it's an amazing story, but he came with a purpose. Now, there's something I want you to, to understand here. 
He is the king of the kingdom of God. So the king arrives. And the most amazing is normally when the, a, a king, any king, arrives in a hostile territory where the world had fallen under the, you know, um, the Bible says uh, in the book of Second uh, Corinthians chapter number 4, the eyes of the people were blinded because of the God of this world system that did that to them. But God commanded the light to shine in our hearts in the same passage, just continuing from there. He commanded the light to shine in, the, in our hearts of the reflection of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we think of that. And so Jesus comes as the light. He says, I'm the light, light of the world. But in the kingdom of God, he comes solitary. And he came among his own, they knew him not. But immediately the demons recognized him, saying, what have we got to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth, son of God? They knew who he was, and, but they were powerless against him and his power and authority because in him the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily. The Bible tells you that. And uh, in him all things consist. So the creator becomes a mere man dwells in the midst of us, and guess what he begins to uh, immediately preach in the book of, uh, uh, what is this, uh, Mark chapter number 4. Jesus went about all Galilee, uh, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. He is the centerpiece, the king, and he begins to speak of the good news of the kingdom of God, later on the words would come, repent and uh, believe and you will receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, it's just like all of these things spoken by the early apostles, the word repentance and, and, and the preaching of the good news, the gospel is good news. We now can become partners or actually family of Christ, members of the actual body of Christ. I'd like to talk about members of the body of Christ as something separate. And when I talk about the church these days, we prefer the word just talk about the family and the, the, the Little Falls family. And I see a lot of people use that, that way of saying things, just like Little Falls family. And uh, we're just one big family, brothers and sisters. We're a family in Christ Jesus, members of the body of Christ, but part of the family that belongs to Jesus Christ here on earth. I don't even have a church. He's got the whole church. I don't have members. He's got all the members. I've got nothing, not even my own body. He's purchased by his blood, even my body. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. I don't belong to myself. I belong to Jesus. So does you, everybody watching me right now, we are part of him. And so he begins to preach about the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And it's amazing how the Bible says in Matthew 11, again these words, the king comes in hostile territory where the God of this world system is now firmly embedded in every part of the world and mankind has received their sin nature and they're doing all kinds of evil and idolatrous practices and paganism and whatever you want to call it and all the fornications and uh, sins that God so severely judged. You can think of, for example, Sodom and Gomorrah, what was going on there and how God judged that, and all of these things at the time of those 
uh, fallen angels in Genesis 6 and God judged the flood of Noah and the people's hearts in the sight of God was desperately evil. It, the world needed a savior. And the king of the kingdom was introducing himself in a way that nobody was expecting, in a way that nobody would recognize, except when the Spirit of God came upon him in the Jordan in the Jordan River. And here is the most amazing thing. It says in uh, Matthew eleven twelve it says, From the days of good John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. It's a difficult Greek sentence to translate. I looked at this and I thought, okay, now let's see if I look at the different translations, which one gets closest uh, to, to what is actually found in that section. You find it well said in the NIV translation. And uh, what I liked is the ever popular, much read, easy to read English, a New Living Translation that says, from the time of John the Baptist, uh, he began preaching until now. The kingdom of, oh, shall I say, from the time of John the Baptist began preaching until now. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. That is how I also interpret that if I look at the Greek, because we must know that a translation of its word by word or word for word, they add words in the middle, and that easily changes direction and the thrust of the verses. And here it says, the kingdom of, of heaven has been forcefully advancing. So, you know, we've got the armor of God. We are advancing of the kingdom. And guess what the devil does? The first thing he works out is get rid of that man, which is John the Baptist. And, uh, you know, just the moment there arises and he talks about the coming of the king. And then when he sees Jesus, says, I'm not worthy even to tie your shoelaces. And uh, then, of course, Jesus is baptized by him in the, in the Jordan. And immediately the Spirit of God came like a white dove right there onto the Lord Jesus Christ. He went into the place of temptation, the Mount of Temptation, where he was to be tempted for 40 days. And he fasted and prayed 40 days, spent time with the Father. And then, of course, there came the temptation of Matthew chapter number 4. But right there at the end of Matthew chapter number 4, he begins preaching. What does Jesus preach? And that the Bible says here, and Jesus went about all Galilee, and uh, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The king is talking about the kingdom. And so are we going to become members and family of the kingdom of God? Or are we going to sit on the outside looking in? I think um, what, what we need to understand is, as believers, certainly, we need to understand that we're here with purpose. And we need to understand that the devil is saying, stop that man, stop that woman, stop the church. You can't stop the church. Nobody can. It is forcefully advancing. Now there are attacks. And we are in the world, but we're not of the world. We believe in Jesus. So we members of the body of Christ. He determines who the actual members are, who are living according to his word. And... Uh, with him, the word is the word of truth. He does not change like shifting of shadows. Book of James chapter number one. But he's always yesterday, today, and forever the same. What he said yesterday is what he's saying now. What he will say in the future. Eternity will come and go, but 
The word of the Lord will never pass. And he went about Galilee and he was uh, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And then Paul comes with a revelation and he says in Philippians 3.20, and I took this verse and I thought maybe I should just um, uh, highlight the word in Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to become conformed as unto his glorious body. That word citizenship means place of citizenship. In other words, you actually, by receiving Jesus in your life, uh, it refers to the place of citizenship. Uh, It's the word polituma from which we have politics, and uh, it's literally also saying our politics, and also that we are a group of citizens, and in this case, a huge family of citizens. The biggest faith on the planet is the faith in Jesus Christ. The biggest faith in Africa is the faith in Jesus Christ. It's all over the world, everywhere, and you cannot stop the forceful advancement of the kingdom of God. It's like that. And so here we see that we are now, you carry a passport. The passport is that you have got, you know, it's not like having a digital certificate like some people are saying in the last hour, the mark of the beast. This is a passport that comes to you, you know, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, by faith you have been saved through grace. And um, by grace you have been saved through faith, grace, through faith, because faith comes first. The grace comes when you believe, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. And so we become members of the body of Christ, repentance, commitment of our lives to Jesus, and here we are. Now the king has come, and he gives the great commandment, the, the, the main commandment, go therefore, and that's called the great commission, Go, therefore, preach this gospel of what? Of the kingdom of God, mentioned more than a hundred times in the whole of the New Testament. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was thinking of the Hebrew Aramaic uh, translation of Berit Hadashah. A hundred times mentioned the kingdom of God is at hand. And then Jesus goes on in the book of Luke, he says, this, this kingdom... Well, not, people not say, look here, look there, there's the kingdom, but shall be with you and shall be within you. For those who do not believe, it is at hand. And what's the message? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now I'm in the kingdom and the king came alone and I'm in the kingdom and I'm part of a wave moving forward, advancing Have I joined that wave? Have I come to a place where I'm saying, I want to contribute my part because the devil says, stop that man, stop that woman, stop those people, stop the kingdom of God, stop the kingdom of God from spreading because it's good news all the way. You know what? Why do I say good news all the way? Because all the promises of God are yea and amen through Jesus Christ, the King of the kingdom. We pray to the heavenly Father, and we pray in the name of, as the Lord Jesus Christ instructed us, of Jesus, and we take him at his word, just like Maud was saying with the tithing. We take him at his word, 
and we do His word. We are doers of the word, but we want to be fruitful. So we are part of it, and we are trying to uh, get all together into the Bible pattern of church growth and action, and that's why the church met from house to house and in the church. So home cells multiplying does that. Home cells are forever seeking new fish to come in from everywhere, into the cells multiply, into the cells multiply, shepherding the people, helping them, because a lot of people, but it's a wonderful thing if you have a large church, yet the church is only as small as uh, the smallest home cell, and there's home cells just about everywhere around the church. We've got cells everywhere. They're running. They've been running since 1994 we started with it. And we didn't stop with it. And that sustained us right through this COVID period. You cannot stop the church of God. It advances forcefully. That's the way the church advanced right through the time of the persecution of the church by the Roman Empire. It just carried on with uh, its uh, multiplication and with its, its um, fruitfulness. And then on an individual basis, you know, the devil has always stopped that man from, from, from talking about the kingdom of God, from stopped that man from advancing the kingdom of God. Do you know how those early apostles were persecuted? Because they decided that they are now members of another kingdom. They knew it, like we would say, in a worldly expression, the coin dropped firmly with them, no question about it. They saw Jesus. They knew Jesus. And, you know, if you read in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that, that first portion there describes all the people that Jesus appeared to after his death. And then here in the book of Acts, uh, chapter number 1, and uh, if I go there for a moment, it says here in the book of Acts, chapter number 1, he also uh, appeared and presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. There's one king, now it's going to be two. On the day of Pentecost, it's going to be three. Catastrophe to the devil. Every time Reinhard Bonker, the late Reinhard Bonker, the evangelist, great evangelist, said these words, we are plundering hell and populating heaven. The damage of the devil is being undone as we rise up to expand the kingdom of God. It's all about that. That's the central view, the king and the kingdom. Let me say this in closing. The kingdom of God has got a, what we call, I just simply call it the rule, because it, it has got a code of conduct, like do unto others as you would have done to you. You shall love your brother and sister as yourself. You shall love God and your neighbor as yourself. And love is altogether sacrificial. The God kind of love sacrificial. So what is my offering to expand the kingdom? What is the church's offering to expand his kingdom? I cannot say I have a church building. I don't have no church building. What can I boast about? For me, there's nothing to boast about except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through my being crucified to the world and the world to me. I'm so glad in this respect for this period gone by because it really took me closer and closer to God. And I was able to get to the people on heart to heart on a daily basis and uh, communicate with them. I just seen an ever climb in the people that watch heart to hearts just three minutes or so 
or three to four minutes or so that uh, that I speak to the people on a daily basis, Monday to Saturday, Sunday, of course, services. But they're looking at heart to heart. They're enjoying it, and they're contributing. But now, here's the point. If you're a member of the kingdom of God, we are to be fruitful and get more members, advance the kingdom. That's the story. And then the second thing is if you who are listening to me now, watching me, or listening, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 10, 9 and 10, and you believe in your heart that God the Father raised him from the dead, you confess him with your mouth, you believe him in your heart, that God the Father raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You repent of sin, accept Jesus Christ, go on your knees, go pray about this, and just give your life to Jesus. And join the family of God, the members, the actual members of the body of Christ, and then live the kingdom rule. And the kingdom of God, let it forcefully be advanced through you. Wherever you go, the devil says, stop the kingdom. I say, the gates of hell shall not prevail. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.